Welcome to Downstage Center, a production of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theatre Wing. I'm John von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. Our guests today are the stars of a brand new Broadway show called Bombay Dreams. Not a brand new show because it's been running for two years in London, but our guest, Manu Narayan, plays Akash in the show, and Ayesha Darker plays Ronnie. And the two of you are love interest at one point in the show, but not necessarily the whole show. Mm, <laughs> well, I'm the baddie, so yeah. I try to tear him away from the girl he's meant to be with. The, the Unsuccessfully. Yeah. Um, or, or do we know that yet? I don't know. Yeah. You have to come and see the show to decide. <laughs> Although she's very successful at it for a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Manu, you play the you play the star of the show, who right. is a a poor young man grows up in the slums of Bombay and is, has a dream, hence the title Bombay Dreams, to become a star and to meet your character, which is Ronnie, mm-hmm. uh, the the big internationally known movie star. Tantrumy, terrible, (laughs) all over the place. We were going to talk about the character's (laughs) achievements, actually. (laughs) Well, she's like the biggest star. She's Nicole Kidman in in India, wouldn't you say, or something on that that line? Uh, Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's been around a long time, as she keeps reminding people. Um, when she wants to, but then she insists she's like 25 or 23 Uh or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, she's, she's a sort of amalgam of lots of different people that I've met and that I've seen because I grew up in Bombay. Oh, really? And most Indian female movie stars are wonderful, well-adjusted, sweet, generous people, but we're not interested in those people. (laughs) We're interested in the horrible ones (laughs) and the ones that throw shoes at people and (laughs) belittle lots of people. And she's, you know, she's a great character to play. Well, one of the two of you just kind of give us a a summary of what the storyline is in your character so we can, you know, let our audience know who may not have seen the show at this point because it is brand new. It just opened a month ago. Well, I think that the storyline in Jumpin' Aisha, you know, whenever uh, I go... The storyline is basically the story of this slum boy, Akash, my character, who uh, rises from the depths of the slum. It's a rags-to-riches story, basically, of uh, a boy who becomes very successful and then has to deal basically with the... Uh, uh, the choices that he's made and how that affects who he is and where he comes from and the people that he loves. Uh, and in the, you know, in the arc of the story, he meets this famous, famous movie star and she helps him along, uh, along the way. And he has a, uh, he has his true heart and his true love lies with someone else who's in India. The caste system is very prevalent and he, he's a low caste person and she's a high caste person, this other character. Uh, named of Priya, and um, he has to deal with his love for her as well. Yeah, but, I mean, it sounds like a fantasy, but there are actually three or four Bollywood stars who started off in a slum. Um, so it's not such an unusual story, and I think it's it's wonderful that it's set in both extremes of Bombay because that's really what Bombay is. You know, growing up there, it's something you have to come to terms with, that, you know, on your way to work or on your way to college where you have, you know, a good education and every meal. You know, you walk past kids who live on the street. And, you know, I mean, I remember I went to college um, in in the middle of Bombay. And um, there were these kids who'd come outside to ask for money. And there was a guy who made dosas, which is like a street snack. It's like a, like a really thin pancake. They're delicious and they're filled with potatoes. And so I used to, I love food. And I used to run outside and go and get my pancake every morning. And... Um, 
the kids would sort of gather around you and ask you for money when you're eating. So, you know, there's no way you can say no. So I made a deal and I said, listen, I'm not going to give you money because I know it goes to some other person, not you. So I made a deal that I would buy them their breakfast. So I started off with five and then, you know, it went to nine and it went to 15. But it's like, you know, the whole of the whole of Bombay operates like that. You can't separate yourself from one part of the world to another. And as much as the caste system is prevalent, class plays a big, big part mm. in it. And that's part of Akash, Manu's character. That's part of his problem is that, you know, class dictates what jobs you get and what jobs you can do, <clears throat> what jobs you're entitled to. And that's why Bollywood is so interesting because there's so much mobility. You can start off in a slum, but if you can sing and you can dance and you're talented and you have a bit of cheeky chappy about you, you know, people will fall in love with you and, and the possibility is that you'll be a huge star. And so, Bollywood, of course, is the name that they give to the, the film system of India. Yes. Right. But and it's Bollywood, this vast system. It's, it's 900 huge. films a year yeah. coming out of out of Bollywood. Tell us tell us about that. Well, it's a very specific genre um, and it's it's been around for a very long time um but basically it's it's a bit of everything it's like a 1940s or 1930s mgm movie um where you know you have the big romance you have big production numbers it's it's always a musical even if it's about terrorism there's a there's a song in there <laughs> really? somewhere <laughs> one of well one of our our best songs comes from a film called dil se um, which is about a, a terrorist. So, you know, but she sings and she dances and she does the whole thing. So you cannot, if you're in a Bollywood film, escape a song and dance number, a wet sari number, you know. So there's, you know, there has to be a villain and, mm. and you know, um, the vamp, the heroine, the hero. There are certain characters that you cannot escape from. And Bombay Dreams has been very true to that form. Um, and I think people are, are ready to embrace it because they miss fantasies and they miss big big productions. And does the going going to films over there, does, does that cut through the cast system? Does oh, absolutely. everyone yeah. go? Absolutely. I mean, there's two things in India that cut through every kind of cast or class system. Um, one is Bollywood and the other is cricket. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these two are the, the two great levelers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's the pinnacle of everybody's aspirations. Most people who live in a slum in Bombay um, or, you know, live in a huge mansion, their children will dream about being in a Bollywood film or they'd, you know, they'd watch the movies because that is a lot of industries rolled into one. That's our pop industry. So all the best music and the musicians gravitate towards Bollywood. The fashion industry, people take clues from, you know, Bollywood films about fashion. Um, the modeling industry, a lot of supermodels and, and male models become Bollywood actors. So... You know, it's a lot of industries rolled into one. And also a way for people to express, I think, their their love. For, you know, a lot of times in India, I think, and uh, most people are arranged marriage. You know, most, mm. at least in the South. I don't know mm -hmm. how it is in the North. I'm, I'm from the South. Um, but but uh, so a lot of people can escape and, and sort of live out those kind of fantasies as well on screen, the, the love aspect of life and, and falling in love and all of those things. So this is kind of true to what the Bollywood films would be like. It's, it's a fantasy romance type of a show. Mm -hmm. The yeah. show follows exactly the Bollywood system mm -hmm. of telling a story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it. in fact, we've tried to be really true to it. So in a Bollywood production number, for example, if there's a big love song, um, you know, the the couple who were dancing will suddenly turn around and be in a different costume and in Switzerland. 
you know um or they'll turn around and be in a separate costume and they'll be doing you know with a whole new bunch of dancers so it's just completely surreal and we've tried to do that in real time which is very interesting so in the course of one song we have three costume changes mm-hmm. um all the dancers on stage change all their costumes wow. and we just found it hysterically funny because you know it's it's wonderful doing it on film where you can cut and go away and get your makeup fixed and come back but on in real time you're doing 9 second costume second, changes right? <laughs> <laughs> it becomes very busy backstage oh, yeah. <laughs> now the conventions of bollywood in were perhaps better understood by the audiences who first saw this show when it was done in london because there's an even larger south asian audience proportionally um, in England than than perhaps here. And there were changes that were made perhaps to make it more understandable, palatable to the American audiences. Can you talk about how the show changed? Um, well, I was in the show in London and, and the show had more parody because the, the audience was more familiar with Bollywood, more familiar with its conventions. As you say, um, we didn't have to introduce the character and introduce the genre to people so you could you could slip straight into parody and people would know what what you were talking about here the story just had to be simplified so a lot of subplots were taken away um <clears throat> and and the idea was to introduce people to akash as a character to start with and make them fall in love with him and then introduce other characters and just tell the story and i think it you know both productions are very very close to my heart um i love this one i love that it's got so much so much energy and fun and style in it and i think that hasn't been changed you know that there's a very strong bollywood element of mm. you know it's a, it's a true collaboration between indian talent you know ar rahman who's a fabulous composer farah khan working with anthony van last uh, mira sayal working with um Tom Mian, you know, and and the great thing is that none of that has been taken away simply because people aren't aware of the genre. It hasn't been watered down. It's just been simplified story-wise so that they can enjoy and be introduced to Bollywood. And also people that I know from New York have been to London, have seen the London version. I have not, but they've told me it's just a wonderful version. This version, though, is bigger and brighter from what I've heard, a, a bigger orchestra. The sets are bigger, probably glitzier, I, w- I would imagine, yeah. in the London version a little bit. The the it might seem that way though i i saw the london version and it seems very similar but i uh-huh. think that the difference is the theater is smaller so that everything's sort of uh, up on you a little bit more in london the theater is huge oh, and really? it's it's really f- long in the back the, the orchestra goes for days and days and days uh-huh. there <laughs> you know and here i think everything's much more upon the stage and you uh-huh. see a lot more of the colors and things and it's much more like a widescreen movie you know what you're watching well this show is very much technicolor yes it's very bright (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and And i and think too i mean as far as an american audience coming and seeing this show i think the the one thing that people can come uh, safely say when you buy your tickets and my parents are from pittsburgh or my parents live in pittsburgh when you buy your tickets in pittsburgh and say you're coming to broadway to see a show i think you can buy a ticket for bombay dreams and really whether you've seen a bollywood film or you haven't seen a bollywood film i think you can come and really enjoy it it's a it's a show that if you know the genre you know a little bit uh maybe some of the insider jokes or something and if you don't know the genre well then you can come and just sort of let it wash over you and and really have a fun time because audiences whether they're South Asian or not we see older American women and older American men dancing out 
<laughs> of the theater to you know the songs that were playing on the uh, you know at the end of the show they're dancing out in these long dresses you know <laughs> it's very interesting well, the uh, music is very infectious mm -hmm. you really get caught up in the in the music yeah the music's beautiful and it's written by you know the top Bollywood composer but more than that he's he's now becoming a breakthrough crossover artist both in London and now here A.R. Rahman he's really brilliant he's young 38 years old and has written now how many movies uh, scores about 30 or 40 films yeah and of course the story is that Andrew Lloyd Webber quote discovered him mm -hmm. about six or seven years ago he he heard his music and was so taken by it that he asked him to compose music for the show that's right but I mean Andrew didn't well to give credit where credit is due, Rahman has been around long before Andrew oh, sure, discovered sure, him. Sure. Um, yeah, people have known. It's sort of like the English <laughs> discovered America. There were people <laughs> right, here before exactly. them, but sure. they well, discovered it. Actually, he did. You know what's interesting is that Andrew <clears throat> has taken him to the mainstream. I think that has been Andrew's real, real talent, because Rahman has been around doing Cafe Del Mar, doing you know all the alternative music scene and world music. He's been around for a very long time. People know him, but also Bollywood has watched all over Africa, through most of Asia, people Middle in East. Russia, Middle East. Mm -hmm. You know, it's enormous, and people seem to know it really, really well. So, you know, among that whole bunch, plus all the South Asians that are in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, he has an enormous audience. I think he's sold more than Madonna and Michael Jackson put together wow, wow. Um, already. So, But the wonderful thing about Andrew and his real talent is to bring South Asian culture and South Asian music to the mainstream. Um, and it seems to be doing really well. I mean, it's Bollywood is a commercial industry. And so to bring it to Broadway, it just seems like a perfect marriage. And Andrew really knows Broadway. I mean, we all know that, right? Sure. I mean, he's he's really great at taking something that's another genre altogether and bringing it to Broadway, and audiences are loving it, you know? We were talking before we went on the air um, in terms of bringing Bollywood to Broadway, but but then the balance of the audiences, the the american south asian versus, audiences the american. versus the south asian audiences and you said that there there's even material in the show where you start to realize what the makeup of the audience is based on their response to the material yeah we at the beginning of the second act we have a a song that uh is at a hollywood bollywood film awards that we're doing actually in hindi and urdu actually um and you always know when the song is announced over the loudspeaker, you know that there's a South Asian audience. At least I imagine. I don't really know because I'm not out there, but we imagine. I'm, I look at Aisha and we both we go, go, oh, there's <laughs> South Asians in the yeah. audience because they're clapping. It's A.R. Hemant's most famous song. Oh, so it's a song that existed before the show. Yes. yes. It's the song that started the ball rolling for the entire musical. The story goes that Andrew was in his kitchen making breakfast, which I find hard to oh, believe. Oh, well, I don't know the story. <laughs> <laughs> this is <okay. laughs> Andrew was making breakfast. Andrew was making breakfast. <laughs> but anyway, we'll believe that. But I do, I do believe it. And and he was listening to the radio, and Chaya Chaya, which is a song from a film called Dilse, um, was played on the radio, and he was so taken with it that he dropped everything um, and called Shekhar Kapoor, who he was... Um, collaborating with on a film project. I don't know what that was. And Shaker's the director of Elizabeth, uh, who's nominated yeah. for an Oscar a couple of years ago. That's right. Um, and um, 
got in touch with him and said, who is this man? And Shekhar Kapoor said, well, this is the best known composer in India. You know, everybody knows his name. And that's where the germ of the idea came. So what Andrew decided to do, I think, was take Rahman's hits, like his huge hits from different films, and mesh them together to be a musical. So Indian audiences would recognize the music. And that's so, so savvy because people just go berserk when they know the song and they hear it announced and then they hear it played. Sometimes we have people clapping along. And it's different now, too, because now songs that were sung in Hindi have been rewritten with English lyrics that have nothing to do, I don't think, with the Hindi lyrics. Nothing They're brand new lyrics that go with the plot of the show. So not only are you hearing a melody that you might have heard before, but you're hearing it in a different way with new orchestrations and people singing it live, mm. but in a context of a story. I think it's really, really smart. It's very beautifully put together. Um, well, is a lot of the music original to the show, or is a lot of it drawn well, it's, from Well, it's other? a mix. Some of it is original to the show, and some of it exists before. But the thing is, the music that existed before has been so fundamentally changed. changed. It's recognizable. Mm. Recognizable but, melody, but, yeah. but the context and also the, the B section of a song or the A section of a song might be changed, but the melody is the same. Yeah. So, wow, that's technical. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, as a layperson, I recognize the song, but it's almost like deja vu. It's You don't know where you've heard it before or why you know it, but you know it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that with this song, it's it sort of instantly gets people. And what's interesting about the audiences and the question that you were asking is that we do have an enormous, huge South Asian audience and a big, big support from that community. But... 70 to 80 percent of our audience is, you know, in England, they were English or they were tourists who had no connection with India, knew nothing about Bollywood. Mm -hmm. And here it's very much the same. You have, you know, package tours who come in from, you know, all over the place, know nothing about Bollywood. And and in England, we used to call them the Blue Rinse Tours because, you know, all these little old ladies from Oxfordshire would come (laughs) along in their bus. And it was so cool because... I used to worry that the music was too loud or, you know, that they would be surprised by, you know, different things. And the first tour we did, there was a little old lady who, I mean, she had blue hair and she was about 90 years old and she could barely move, but she was sitting in her seat and she was jumping around, you know. And it was amazing because the music made a connection with her. And I think that that, I noticed that happening a lot with the audience here. Yeah. And also, importantly, on the other side is that here you have a South Asian population in this country who all they know is cinema. Uh, In any country, really, I mean, from India on through the diaspora of South Asians, mostly it's a filmatic kind of viewing audience. And this show is now creating a a uh, uh, audience of South Asians who now are going to go and and see other the- theatrical events and creating a theater audience of South Asians, which I think is very very important. Well, we're going to take a break to play a song, and I want to come back and talk a little bit more about theater tradition in mm. uh, in India. And we were talking about Chaya Chaya, which opens the second act. Right, that's the one that we know if people applaud. Right, we know that right. <laughs> they're South Asians. So I think it would would be appropriate to listen to that at this yeah. point. Yeah, I love that song. On XM28 on Broadway, Downstage Center today, we're talking with Manu Narayan and Aisha Dakar, and uh, they are these two stars of Bombay Dreams. The song we just heard now, Chea Chea, you wish oh, I was uh, saying yeah. something while I was playing. What's it? The, Aisha was talking a little earlier about a movie that's uh, about a terrorist, mm-hmm. um, and 
and how it's still a musical. Well, this song is from that movie, and it's uh, one of Rahman's most famous songs. And the movie sort of starts out with this song playing, and they're dancing and singing this song on a train that's moving. So you, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. on the train dancing away, and you see a long shot, and they actually are dancing on the train as it's moving and jumping and twisting and Quite Shah energetic. Ru- yes, yeah. Shah Rukh Khan, who's uh, you know one of the big stars in India, is actually twisting and turning and falling to his knees as the train's moving. We asked Farah Khan, who was the uh, choreographer of that as well as our show, um, and how you know how did you worry if somebody got hurt? Did you bring a lot of medical people? She said, no, just brought extra dancers. You know, <laughs> in a country of a billion people, <laughs> you know, if somebody gets hurt, you just have extra dancers. But it's not faked with computer-generated imagery. Not They're at really all. Doing it. Not, not at all. Can you believe it? You have to see the scene from Dilse. It's incredible. This train just moving along, and it's not like a train, like an Amtrak train. It's kind of like this rickety train they moving through the. They this uh, steam a steam engine train, so they actually had steam coming wow. from the front of the train, going through tunnels and all the stuff well, in the hills. Well, it's interesting because a lot of my friends worked <coughs> on that movie. Because not all films in India are Bollywood films. Bollywood is one genre of cinema, and the cinematographer of Dilse was making a film called The Terrorist, which which I did with him, which was a serious film with no singing and no dancing, based on a real life story but the director of Dilse loved that story so much that he decided to make it a Bollywood film so they <laughs> it was like two sister productions oh I didn't know that yeah oh wow and so the cinematographer who was my director <clears throat> was shooting this film this song on a train which is moving at full speed over you know valleys and so I mean if you fall you just fall like I don't know how many thousands of feet down yeah. into some valley uh-huh. you know and uh-huh. they're crazy all these young dancers were like oh we don't care and you there's know? about 50 <laughs> people on this train yeah. and, and so you guys dancing in a fountain out. it's, it's it, like this nothing is easy compared work. to that but it was interesting because we were talking about the shoot you know we'd compare shoot stories at the end of at the end of each schedule and with that film they wanted a phrase of the song to finish before they entered a tunnel so then they could cut and then move to the next part of it when they came out of the tunnel. But they just couldn't get it right. And so the cinematographer decided to use what he had. So for one whole section of the song, it's like for about three or four um, phrases, you're inside a tunnel. Oh, and that. he's and the part. actress is lit only by whatever little light they had, like mm. flashlights and mm. little you know tiny dollies and whatever. And it's just so imaginative. I think that that's the great thing about Bollywood and the genre is that it's sort of, because it's part fantasy and part reality, as actors, it's great to be in a genre like that because it's it's hyper real. It's like Busby Berkeley would be to the United States right. uh, cinema. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting comparison. What, what If you had to compare Bollywood to different genres of Western films, films that our audience might be more familiar with. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of Busby Berkeley. What else, What are the elements? Yeah, it would be like the it? 30s or 40s mu- movie musicals, uh-huh. these huge production numbers that sort of come out of nowhere uh-huh. but are very entertaining, and you can just sort of watch it and go, wow, it might not have anything to do with the plot, <laughs> but, yeah. but you really, really enjoy it. But also, I think the thing that, that is unusual about it and which is like those films in the 30s and 40s is that there is a lot of pathos and tragedy mm-hmm. and drama as well. Yeah. So it doesn't separate, you know, it's not, you can't pigeonhole it and say it's a comedy, it's a musical, because it has all those elements of great mm. performances and great drama. I mean, in this story, it has a wonderful twist, actually, our musical, and I'm going to give it away. Oh, don't, because don't give it no, it's away. a character. It's a character in the, in the show, 
and um, he's a eunuch. He's a very, very Indian creation. Um, And it's a character called Sweetie who starts off as a girl but then becomes a man. He's a woman. uh, He's a man dressed as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, In India, we call them eunuchs, but but here I suppose they're transvestites. Um, And he is an integral part of the story. And I won't tell you how he fits in, but he is such a favorite of people who come to see mm-hmm. the show and he's like the sort of um conscience of the show um so it's it's interesting that that while it is like it includes these big production numbers and great um great humor and great fun right. it also focuses on real intense relationships between people and handles them in a very realistic way yeah well i i think we can say without you know spoiling the show for people who see it um akash which is your character mm-hmm. manu has to make choices he's grown up in the slums. He wants to become a big famous star. He does in fact become a big famous star. He meets your character, Ronnie, and he has to choose basically between his family and his celebrity and and, and fame and fortune. And it's like a a moral conflict that he has going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, And it's a lot of human emotion that any culture can relate to. No, definitely that. Yes. That's the that's the great Equalizer is the story that it, anyone can relate to this story in in the United States or in India or right. in London, you know, and that's and it's told in such a way that it, I think that in India, what's great uh, about these movies is that uh, Bollywood films you have such a uh, escapist sort of thing with the music, but then you can really slip in to the masses uh-huh. these these uh, uh, moral dilemmas or f- that the masses deal with every day in such a way that it's not like oh gosh we're going to go and see hamlet you know what i mean <laughs> or something like that but you can go and say oh i'm going to go watch a musical and get something out of it as well but you brought something up and i want to ask with this tradition of elaborate film musicals even on what to western audiences would seem unlikely subjects um what is the role of musical comedy to use the american term are there stage musicals? Are they attended? What is the tradition of theater in India with this vast film industry? Well, um, in India, there isn't a there isn't a tradition like Bollywood. I mean, English speaking theater tends to be in big cities like Bombay and Delhi, which and you know when you have an opportunity to explore things like that, you're not going to do another musical because it's done a lot on film. Um, with sort of regional theater, there's always been that tradition of kind of folk storytelling. Street and, theater. And street theater. And a yeah. lot of it, I mean, it's interesting because Bollywood as a genre comes from the way our myths are told. We have two great myths. One is the Ramayana and the other is the Mahabharat. The characters in the Ramayana and the Mahabharat are gods and we worship them as gods. But as characters, they're flawed. They're not, we have no right. concept of good and evil, really. We have no devil um but what's interesting about the gods is they're like old roman or greek gods they have flaws in their character and so these the way that the myths were perceived made a blueprint for the way that regional theater told the stories of the gods and told them with music and to keep people interested and involved and informed and music has always been a big part of folk theater and then that led straight on to bollywood because now the characters that you know I wouldn't say that they're treated like gods or they're worshipped like gods, but the the characters and the way that the characters are treated in the story are very similar to the way Indian gods and goddesses are treated in myth. So characters are always more involving and interesting if they are flawed. and right. if Like they are heroes characters. in the Shakespearean sense of the yeah. word hero. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, they're closer to the way people actually are. And what's interesting about this story being performed in New York is that New York reminds me so much of Bombay. And that's a huge, huge compliment because I love the city I come from, um, where people who come here believe that they are in the most amazing place on earth. They believe that they're in the center of the world where they can make their dreams come true and they come here leaving everything to make what they want happen. And I think that that is very much the feeling in Bombay. You know, people come from all over India to make something of themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, naturally you have a dilemma and I think that's why Akash's story translates so well to New Yorkers because a lot of them miss home. A lot of them have left things to come here and make something right. of themselves against incredible odds and I think that these are things that people deal with so that's why the story connects with people. Let me ask you a hypothetical question then. Supposing somebody from India who had never been to New York or London perhaps were to come to New York mm -hmm. and go to any Broadway show other than yours. Yours they would certainly understand because it's much like a Bollywood film. What what do you think their reaction would be to a Broadway show that's not done in the tradition of a Bollywood film? Would they would they like it? Do you think? Would they oh, yeah. understand? Yeah, I think they'd love it because, mm -hmm. you know, because it's a story with music, with dancing, and that's uh -huh. something that that you know a lot of Indian audiences relate to. Yeah. So, so even though the culture would be different. They wouldn't necessarily yeah, I mean, have a problem. Of course, the thing is, you know, people in big cities know a lot about Broadway, and they've watched, you know, a lot of shows here and whatever. But if you, yeah, if you take a guy from a little village who's never left his village, plonk him on Broadway and put him in a show, mm -hmm. I think he'll be quite comfortable because, you know, just depending on which show he sees. Just yeah. like any of us, we go see something right. X show, and we don't like that, but we mm -hmm. like Y show mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. whatever reasons, whether it's costumes or whether it's the music speaks mm -hmm. to us or whatever, you know. Now, now the two of you are making your Broadway debuts in this show. You've both <laughs> been in film, you've both been on television, you've both been in other shows off-Broadway, perhaps in your case, Manu, right. and certainly, Ayesha, you've been in the London version of this. What's it like being on Broadway for you? Oh, it's a dream come true. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and my whole life I've been, you know, singing, uh, singing and dancing and acting, and, uh, you know, I get to do all three in this show with people who I love to work with, like Aisha and the rest of the cast, and our director, and Andrew Lloyd Webber has been, you know, somebody who's been in my mind for, since I was born, you know, and to get to work under him, and it's a dream come true, and also to be doing a show that also speaks to my culture and my heritage, mm -hmm. and to sort of... Uh, get to sing Rahman's music it's really you know I wouldn't for my Broadway debut I don't think it could have been written any better for me you know if I were doing another show it'd be special but not as special as this this is special really special Aisha's nodding in agreement <laughs> I am it's so strange I remember being about four years old and um you know, stealing bits of cloth from different parts of my house <laughs> and, you know, getting my dog to be a horse and pretending that, you know, that I was the queen of the mountains and putting these rags around my head and carrying these sticks and pretending they were sores. And, you know, and then I'd sort of sneak into the bathroom and sing very, very loudly and then come out as if, like, nobody had heard me. <laughs> nobody knew you know, and I'd be like, what? Was I in there for a long time? You know, and... It's so weird because I feel like a kid. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, I keep waiting for somebody to pinch me and go, we found you out, you know, because <laughs> it's like being a kid, but, but having some wonderful designer put costumes on you yeah. so you don't have to steal bits from around your house. And you have, you know, 
other people to talk to so you don't have to talk into a mirror and you're not some crazy you know bag lady <laughs> you know it's wonderful that that all the elements of this are so and you have you know 2000 people sitting out there validating mm-hmm. this amazing fantasy and i think that 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 is a really amazing thing about broadway specifically is that yes it was wonderful on the west end it's wonderful to work on at the national in london all those things are, are great but the the thing about broadway is that it seems to be a collection of people that take theater as seriously as i do and mm. take performing <laughs> as seriously as i do for me what i do is my entire universe mm-hmm. you know it's what i sleep and breathe and eat and read every day and it's so great to be surrounded by people that share that you know that love theater that love music that love performing as much as i do um so that's been the real real joy do do you find a big difference between performing in london versus performing in new york i mean with the others you work with and um well no i mean actors are actors all over the world they're the same you know <laughs> they you know, oh, no, offer yeah you know i mean most actors offer them a free meal and a party and they'll be there <laughs> they'll you be know there, what i mean exactly. i mean it's a wonderful community but what's so nice is that this time you know in london i was just so overwhelmed to work with you know with people farah someone i've admired all my life rahman is someone whose music i've listened to day in day out i remember i was in a terrible soap opera in bombay when i was 14 i'd go from college and i'd get on the train and i'd go to do my terrible soap opera mm-hmm. um and um i remember i used to listen to his music on the train and i used to listen to chaya chaya was one of the songs mm-hmm. I, it came later but chaya chaya was one of the songs i would listen to every day and when i left the show in london i played every day even after the show after having forcibly listened to it for eight <laughs> times a week you know <laughs> and it's because it's just spectacular music so to work with someone who i think is a genius and who i think is is fantastic um to work with steven pimlot who as a director has really brought out the humanity of the show mm-hmm. and made me learn i mean for a film actress to be in front of 2000 people every night and using your diaphragm and using your body to tell a story it's so great to have someone like that to work with and all these guys who you know i mean they're so inspiring because you know they they're all trained and they know how to dance and they've mm-hmm. all gone to acting school and you know and i've just i've i mean i've grown up doing movies but i kind of get through it by the skin oh of my, my teeth gosh, and it's oh my god come on no, you're it's true. great and you're i get wonderful. up there and i'm like I can't believe that you know I get to do this and uh-huh. I get paid for it you know right. so please don't tell anybody because this is working it's fine you know just this is this is your and my secret she's really wonderful in the show she's great and she's fun to work with one thing that you know is special about also the broadway production and also the london production is that for the first time in bollywood w- people don't sing the songs that they're miming to there's always playback singers and then these actors lip sync lip sync uh. but what you're getting for the first time is not a concert of rahman's music where you have the singers actually singing and it's sort of a concert but you're having the story being told the actors actually singing rahman's music live every night eight shows a week you know and and i think that's very special for me to get to sing and act a story but also sing the songs is is something that's never been done before that's with That's a different tradition. It's a different Bollywood. tradition. Although Shakalaka Baby Yes, well, that's that's the only one in London to our to our incredible idiocy we tried to do it live really? one show. <laughs> and I think they destroyed something like 2000 pounds worth of equipment. So, you know, after that because there's, you know, there's a huge effect. A yeah, I I, effect. I think we should explain how this song works in the show because you 
your character, Manu, uh, becomes the star, and you appear in this movie opposite the character Ronnie, Ronnie. which Aisha plays, mm-hmm. and you're shooting a scene for the movie, a big Busby Berkeley type production yes. number. Right, and uh, it's it the reason why you know in the world of the play we are lip syncing on stage is because we are sort of giving the uh, the throwing the idea to Bollywood that yes these people do sing to playback singers but also for the technical aspect which I just just talked about there's a huge fountain (laughs) there's a huge what 30 foot fountain maybe Mm -hmm. you know that has 37 jets that are soaking all the girls who are dancing and all the men who are dancing and you too and me as well and uh, you know so our microphones would electrocute us if we were <laughs> Well, they tried. They didn't quite electrocute us in London. You're here. We were, we were mildly fried. No, I think that... <laughs> I mean, it, no, it's just that the, the mics were overwhelmed and they can't take it. And also, you can't hear anything because all you can hear is sort of crashing sounds of lots of water Lots of water, on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what would happen technically if you were to do it live would be that for half the song you would hear people and for the other half you'd just hear water. Hmm. It would right. be like standing under a waterfall. And so they just decided to go with um, with, th- with the genre. And it's great because actually in Bollywood people do lip sync. Right. And you both get drenched and you smile through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. How do you fun. keep a smile on your face? <laughs> You're soaking wet. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in a fountain with Beautiful, beautiful women. women. <laughs> <laughs> what could be bad? Take the smile off my face. <laughs> but also, you know, it's amazing because all the all the guys, all the technicians and guys who work at the theater are very, very proud of the fact that they warm the water to a specific temperature. So, I mean, the other day I was saying, I don't know, I, I take about three showers a day. And on matinees, I take like four showers a day <laughs> because, you know, I have one in the morning before I go out and I have one before I go to the show and then I have one in the show. So yeah. I was thinking, I'm just going to take, you know, my rubber duck and a couple of things into the song <laughs> and, you know, have a shower there. Because it's yeah. just, it's so much fun. It's so silly. Uh-huh. And, you know, the cast is, we have a very, very young cast. Um, the you know, all the dancers are about 22, 23, and it's just so much fun. You also, know? the audience, Aisha, I, I, I don't know if you get to see the audience, but I, through the course of the song, I get to the real front of the stage, and I'm looking out as I'm dancing, and to see the audience's reaction when the fountains hit, you know, it, it's like those amusement park rides where you get your photo taken right. as you're going down the big yeah, hill. Before, yeah. The audience's l- face lights up. It doesn't matter how old they are, whether they're little kids or whether they're really old. They're all like little kids seeing this water effect. And it's that itself is, is worth the fun for me. When I see that, I'm just like, oh, gosh, this is yeah. what we're you here to do. As an audience member, you kind of say, oh, my God, are they really going to get wet? Getting, get oh, wet. they are getting yeah, wet. We're wow. getting wet. <laughs> and then I'm wondering how they're going to get out of this. They're yeah. all soaking wet. What are they going to do next? And, and you literally dry off on I stage. I dry off on stage, and we have our crew, which is amazing, you know, comes on stage and squeegees the, the right. stage right. And, right. and gets it dry for us so we don't slip or anything. It's really incredible. Well, as we listen to Shakalaka Baby, we will picture you getting soaking wet. During yes, the please. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> On XM28 on Broadway, we're talking with Manu Narayan, who plays Akash in the show Bombay Dreams, and with Aisha Dakar, who plays Rani in the show. Um, your first times on Broadway, you lived in Pittsburgh. Did yeah, you, you grew up in Pittsburgh? I grew Manu. up in Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, where did you grow up, Aisha? I grew up in Bombay. You did? Yeah. And 
born and bred. Then you moved to England, did you? Or? Well, no. Then I did one movie. I've done films since I was eight, uh-huh. um, but I do independent films, so I don't do Bollywood. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I was just, you know, it sort of film and, and acting followed me and followed me around. It was really weird. I didn't want to be an actress. It sort of landed on me, and I kept being offered this work. And so while I was in school and college, I did... Um, a lot of film. I did a lot of American film. I did City of Joy and, and a few things. And then I left college and did this small independent film um, and went to one film festival and basically haven't gone back. <clears throat> that was six years ago. Um, and my I just in Star and Wars I, episode two, oh which is like really exciting for me. Well, I, I look like a penguin. In <laughs> no, no, it, so no. It, I do. I do. I actually do look like a penguin. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of sort of fun stuff along the way. And what's so cool is that it's just sort of evolved and happened organically, which is great, you know. And now it's it's so weird for me because I'm in I'm in a place that I never ever thought I would be, and I'm doing stuff that mm. I didn't really picture myself doing. Um, so yeah, so that's my story. I'm now, being in Bombay Dreams on Broadway is this the first time you've lived in the United States? It is the first time I've lived and worked in the United States, uh-huh. yeah. Because I've done American film before, but they shoot very few American films in the U.S. Right. And so, how, how do you find a living in New York? I love it. I love it. Uh, I love the food. Uh-huh. I love the energy. I love that it looks like Bombay. It's weird because temperature-wise at the moment, it's like Bombay. Really? The same humidity and the same mm. pollution. I feel at home. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the finer things. I know, but I love it. Humidity and, and, and pollution. But I'm, I'm slightly disappointed because I'm not seeing enough of this New York attitude. People are far too nice, and I'm. I don't. I don't get that. I, and you got I, a problem I with want, that? I, wow. have, I, I have a problem with that. I want. I want to see a little bit more Robert De Niro, please. <laughs> no, so I'm the fans it. at the stage door need to be more aggressive <laughs> when asking for your autograph. And not asking, but telling. I just want to see people slapping the front of taxi cabs as they walk past, or you know. Um, but no, it's it's really wonderful. I mean, the energy is fantastic, um, and I'm I'm loving it. And Manu from Pittsburgh, how do you like New York? I love New York. I mean, I've lived here about three years uh-huh. now, um, and uh, I know sort of the working actor uh, lifestyle of New York and the non-working actor lifestyle. I have to say I like the working actor better. lifestyle, <laughs> a little bit better having a little money in my pocket and sure. stuff. But it's a great city, and what's great about New York, I think, is that whether you have a little money in your pocket or you don't, there's always something cultural to do, you know, and there's always something to sort of uh, place to go and hang out with friends and, and sort of rejuvenate your creative juices, which is really, really, really great. And well, with with this show, in looking at all of the various bios, in, in pulling together a, a South Asian, Southeast Asian musical cast, it seems like people have been drawn from an awful lot of places. This is not just a show that's made up of your standard chorus. No, I mean... So, do you have a lot of people who've come from elsewhere who've been brought in just to do this show? From Canada, we have a lot of cast members from Canada. There's Mm -hmm. a large South Asian population in Canada. Um, And Aisha from London and Bombay, and the rest of us from around this country. Uh, You know... um, But it's not just people who've been hanging out in New York waiting for their next gig. No, no, not at all. Although I'm sure, you know, now they will be, because they're Mm -hmm. all so talented. (laughs) But they're all so young. I yeah. mean, they're all twenty years old, and you know, leaving college them, to to this come is, here. You know, and and they're what's so great is that you know they're not in a sh- they're in a show that talks to them. They're in a show that you know is about Indian, and it's about it's about being Indian. It's about 
you know, and a lot of these questions are questions that that these cast members have never explored before. Mm-hmm. So it's great that they have an opportunity to be in a show that's about a part of themselves, a part of their culture. Well, there are very few program bios that I know of. This is for the actor who plays Sweetie that begins studied honors psychology and cognitive neuroscience. Yeah. <laughs> is not usually the first credit one sees in a playbill. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's not a bad place to start for an actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always good to have something to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Ask him how he made the transition from neurosurgeon to actor or whatever. Well, he auditioned for the show and he got yeah, it, and he's really great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is great. He's really wonderful. He's one that plays the eunuch. Yes. in the show does a wonderful job. Yeah. 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 What do you think you guys want to do after the show? The show's going to run forever, but eventually, <laughs> what do you want to do beyond Broadway? Wow, I would love to have films follow me around like I uh-huh. should. <laughs> That'd be very nice. Being Star Wars or something like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just want to be able to to. Uh, create and work with great people and and make a living as an actor and and I hope that that happens you know well last year I did a film with uh someone I worked with a long time ago she's 91 wow. um and when when the film was released we went back to Bombay and I called her and I said can you come to the premiere because we're here and we want you to come she was touring Canada with a play now that is who I want to be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I want to be that now, 91. you know. And I want to do keep doing this till I'm ninety one or till I can stand up. And I think that 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 you know it doesn't really matter whether it's on Broadway. I mean, it would great be great to you know stay on Broadway and whatever. But but it's just wonderful to 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 know that the option is there now to do lots of different things. And it's great to, great to see people who are doing what they love and getting paid for it too. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And get to interact with an audience every day. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the challenge of this show is that it's so spectacular but there's so much energy, you know? And how do you how do you make that energy come alive with a different audience every night? Well, you're playing 8 times a week at the Broadway Theater, 53rd and Broadway in Manhattan. I know the location well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great show, it's a lot of fun. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. I'm John Von Susten at XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman from the American Theatre Wing. Please join us again next time for Downstage Center.